1: It's Friday, August 9th, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in Orlando Studios on the ones and twos, our illustrious brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Lovebird Land, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Joining us from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Howdy, folks. And that's it. We're rolling yeah. way short-handed like it. today. It uh, lean and mean. A little behind yeah. the scenes.
2: Apparently people go on vacation during the summer. So, surely <laughs> everyone we know. Can I rattle off all the names that are traveling this week? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay, Annie F Downs, Eddie Coffelt, who will Gone. be returning from Africa next week. We also have Liz and Bianca both at the Global Gone. Leadership Summit. Gone. Yeah. And then we have uh, uh, who else? Oh, Science Mike is in Alaska. Gone. Prop Gone. is on tour. Go check out Prop Gone. on tour. By the way, his his tour just kicked off. Even I even was planning to trying to get John Mark McMillan to sit Again. in with us, and he yeah. wants to, and he will in a very future week. But this morning would we'll work out for him. This is it, guys. This is it. We we are are, are we're lean and mean. That we're SEAL teaming it is what I call it. Jesse, precision. How much, uh,
0: I don't know. You can't get into all the details here. I understand that. Okay. And I'm just curious, as somebody who's on the podcast, as somebody who works with you regularly, what order do you call these people?
2: <laughs> let, let that one just be something. Like <laughs> cold, <laughs> close <to> the <laughs> Let that oh, just be for me to know. Uh, uh, there is a ranking. There is a hierarchy. <laughs> I actually have a chart that I'm looking at right now, and occasionally I flip like my dra- it's my it's my relevant podcast draft board. And yeah. they move up and down the draft. It's like a little fantasy football situation. <laughs> and uh, I won't tell. Um, but uh, yeah, and I also have the dream squad. It's four names. I will let the listeners decide who those four are. I will never reveal. I never like a reveal. dream squad. Like the like these are the all timers. Yeah, these are the Beatles. This is the Fab Four uh-huh. here. Yeah, and,
0: right. uh, it's
2: it's, a, well, it's Is there a,
0: like an emergency only break in case of emergency? Like well. Like, do you think it's time for, no, sir, you <laughs> don't mean, I do mean, we've called everyone else. It's time to break the glass case and pull out, I don't know who would be like
2: Michelle Obama or something. <laughs>
0: yeah. Usually, Adam Smith. In the past, That'd be an Adam that, yeah, Smith.
2: Yeah. yeah, in the past, that person's been Adam Smith, but uh, uh, even he's been uh, 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 not available these days. So, yeah, it's, it's we're, we're riding lean to mean it's a Friday show. So everyone just lighten up and get off your back because we're all in delirium here. It's print week. We got a killer issue coming out. But guys, we this is I don't know what's going to happen today. I feel like I woke up off the rails this morning, so I don't know where this show's going. That's going to well, be. Well, I'll tell you where this show's going. But
1: before I tell you who's coming up later, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Quip. Talk about a segue. Look at that. Uh, What's the easiest way to get back into a routine? Start it up before September. Simplify the morning and evenings now with a simpler electric toothbrush from Quip. With Quip, timed sonic vibrations cover the basics, every part of your mouth, and take just two minutes twice a day. The mirror mount uh, puts brushing front and center in your bathroom, so you'll remember to book in the day using your new brush. And the lightweight, compact design means you can bring it along with you on those last summer weekend getaways. So enjoy sleeping in and then ease back into the swing of things with a smile. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals and have thousands of verified five-star reviews. And brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. I actually just got my new uh, brush head in the mail this week and popped it on this morning. Look at that. Five bucks. Mm. Uh, that's why I love Quip and why it's perfect for getting back into a routine. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash relevant right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash relevant. Well, coming up later, we have a great show in store for you. Uh, Matt Carney joins us to yeah. talk about his latest release, City of Black and White Revisited. Yeah. Matt Carney, everybody. That's yeah, insane. I love...
2: I'm a big Matt Carney fan. Big, Been a big fan for a long time. You know, me and Matt, during the interview, what was funny is during his first like major tour... I was on a tour with Relevant. I was doing like all those music festivals. Uh, yeah. you know, we're working the booth and Matt Carney was out on his first tour. Uh, and so so we spent some time together and we we reflected a little, a little uh, you know, behind the scenes in the interview. Did it was he, a good time. Did he remember you? He did. He Just did a random kid <laughs> really? working the festivals? Wow.
1: Yeah, well, because we ran into each
2: other all the time out Think there. Think about
1: <laughs> how many people he's met since 2005.
2: You know, like,
3: that's yeah.
1: weird
2: that you made that much of an impression. I know. Well, I, I said some unkind things to him back then, <laughs> and we got in a little scrap, um, little fisticuffs. Yeah. Um, I threw up my, my Jack Johnson's, my, my old uh, left and right, and we, we boxed it out. So it was hard to forget. I attacked him back in the day. That's why but,
1: but seriously, but even think about like how many, how many people he met that summer. I tend to leave an impression on people. I, I like I why? What happened? Did you guys like fall in the mud together or something? Like, like what
2: happened that he uh, remembered uh, Jesse Carey, the young whippersnapper from Relevant. That's right it was, well since it was a whirlwind summer uh, um <laughs> you know i we I think when we rafted down the Mississippi for those two weeks. I think that was pretty rememberable. And then uh, did a stint as riverboat gamblers together. Um, just saying, it was it was a magical Mark Twain type of summer. Um, we both you know we escaped from a county jail in Louisiana after a night of some hijinks. And have you uh, ever, it's just
0: the plot of Huckleberry Finn. Are you just recounting is the it, cliff notes? Is it or is this me and Matt
2: Carney's summer together? I don't know. I can't remember. I'm honestly I'm delirious.
0: Have yeah. you ever
1: had a summer like that? Not like Huckleberry Finn, but I mean, have have you ever had a summer of just like freedom and making oh. memories and stuff like that?
2: Oh, oh absolutely. When I we're, mean when I was a we're kid. We're coming out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But <laughs> well, I'm living it right now, <laughs> man. It's August. Have I? Have I? Dude, my summers as a kid was all as a kid was yeah. all about building forts, riding bikes, trespassing. So, stuff so like did that. you
1: have a parent at the house?
2: Uh Sometimes, like not during a lot of times not during the day but it was kind of one of those things like in the summer the rule was kind of be home when the street lights come on type of situation they, yeah back then they didn't really care how you know? old were you because like my both
1: of my parents worked and so my summers were spent like at summer camps or at the office you yeah. know what i mean mm-hmm. like very structured i never had that summer where it's just like me and my buddies just went on adventures oh, you know dude that was or, 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 or wasn't it Whereas an adult, like, you know, road tripping it for three weeks across the country and just doing whatever we felt like. I never had that summer.
0: Do you mean like the like idyllic childhood summer where you're like out with your like pals running around in the forest building forts, or more like the kind of like younger coming of age summer where you're like going on road trips and you're traveling and like schools out? None, none of the above. I've had none of those summers.
2: Oh really? Oh man, man. it's not too late. From from ages like seven to probably like fifteen, all my summers were the same, and that was playing in the woods, riding bikes, building. Sketchy, sketchy ramps and forts and just coming home whenever, sleeping at buddies' houses, the whole deal. In college, I had a summer where I like backpacked in Eastern Europe, which was really fun. That was like that was like two months. But I don't think I've had I don't know if I've had like that kind of summer in, in, a, in a while now. But uh, I it's mean, a I'm young always man's game. It sure. is a young man's game. I, listen, here's the thing, Cameron. You haven't done it. You, this needs to happen. I'm going to call Matt. Carney and <laughs> me, you and him are gonna have a one wild. Time. We're gonna revisit it just like me and him had. It's gonna be city of black and white, whatever, revisited. Me and you and, and Matt Carney, Cameron. You what know you I'm da-
1: You know I'm down. You know I would do this in a heartbeat. The problem is, children. We have children. Yep. And yep. it's like we and you and I have gone on trips where we've had a blast, but it's like after about like three days, you need to get home to
0: see the family. You know what I mean? So it's like here's what we do. Here's what we do. We do a little freaky Friday situation because I don't have kids. So I, you know, I just live this sort of hot boy summer you're talking about here. I will be willing. I'll be willing for the sake of because I I want my friends to have good things. I'll be Cohen's dad for next (laughs) summer. I'll just take over. (laughs) Uh, You just need one of those Mission Impossible mask things. Yeah, 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 a Mission Impossible mask and you and Jesse and Matt go out and have yourself a, a summer dream, one for the record books.
2: Cameron, my kids are young enough. When the, you know, like later in life, they're like, "Hey, remember that one summer where your dad left for like the entire summer <laughs> and didn't come back and was just frolicking down the Mississippi, getting into all sorts of uh, uh, misadventures?" They're yeah. like, "No, I don't remember that." And guess it, what? They're not going to remember. So they're too young. I could leave for a summer, and they won't even yeah. remember I left for a summer. My my, you know? my
1: son is old enough that he would be scarred for life and have feelings of aban- abandonment. And so.
0: I'm, I'm hurt that you think that my parenting skills are so poor that he would be scarred for life. I think I can keep. I'm sure it would be difficult, but I think he would be okay. Three
2: day, three days in, uh, uh, Cohen informs you he's scarred for life. Just three days with <laughs> inside the mind of, of Tyler Huckabee. Are,
1: are you envisioning the latex mask like mm-hmm. like yeah. that? Yeah, like that, that prisoner who tried to escape prison by. Dressing up as his visiting daughter. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, yeah. Did you see yeah. that? You saw yeah. that. It went viral yeah. this week. Did you hear, well, the, hey, did you hear I, the
1: tragic ending to that story? I did. I did. It was terrible. They found him dead in his cell the next day. Yeah. yeah super yeah. sad. Yeah. That is pretty like, sad. I'm
2: going to turn to something my less story sad. story would and, not end like that. Okay. So that's that's that what I was trying to needed, get to. I, have, I, have, I, mean, I can't of, promise you there will be some death out on the road. I know... Me and Matt Carney had one wild night that we both took a vow never to speak of again. And so I'm just going to breeze past the one dark moment of that summer. But, uh, uh, Cameron, why did Cohen, why does he just come along with us? You know, I think if, you know, setting up him and Tyler in a mission possible mess to look like you, if that, if we all determine that's a bad idea, why did he just join us for the summer of merriment? He is getting, uh, he's close to that
1: age. He is close. To I actually, uh, I, next year I might bring him to Montana with us or not, oh, or wow. like not with us, but he could like stay with the family, yeah. you know, nearby. Yeah. But, Oh, he'd love it. He'd love it. The, hey, I mean, that's kind of our frolicking is the Montana trip.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. But it's only, that's, but again, it's only like three and a half days. I know. So like,
2: I know. That's we, the we problem with adulthood is you only get spurts of frolics. We, we need, get, we need, yeah, we need a whole, a whole summer to get in, into all kinds of trouble. I'm thinking, I'm thinking a, <laughs> I'm thinking a cross country crime spree, guys. Let's up the stakes on this little, you know, harmless stuff, harmless stuff, some burglaries, uh, like cat burglaries, not like home invasion. You, you know, telling, like stealing like, like,
1: the, the cooling pies off the windowsill, that sort yeah. of thing. That sort of Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. A little
2: bandana. Yeah. Or, or you know what? You know what we should do, guys? Hmm. Old fashioned heist. Let's find a cool museum with some rubies or something. And, you know, uh, Tyler. I feel like Cameron. Do you feel like Tyler's kind of the driver in this gang in this situation? Yeah,
1: yeah, I do. I, I, I feel see- like I feel like he'd be down, but like he wouldn't want to go like take the rubies.
0: Like feel like yeah. he'd,
1: <laughs> I like I'll wait outside.
0: You <laughs> this know is very I mean? surprising. I, I would love some
2: rubies, so I'm obviously down. But I do feel like I. But I'm a, I'm pretty handy behind the wheel. Yeah, I feel like I am more of a combination of like the brains, the muscle and the looks in the, in the, in the gang. Cameron, you're more Uh, of the wild card uh, type uh, of situation, I think. (laughs) I think that's how this gang's (laughs) break. We need one. Cohen can be the guy that hacks into the (laughs) mainframe. (laughs) <laughs> Cohen is <laughs> the computer, yeah, Tyler's come, driving
0: the, the van Is it all set up on a Wii? Like, what kind of mainframe are they talking Tyler's about? Tyler's like, driving Cohen. the
2: van. It says like the fl- our florist van, right Cameron? Cohen's yeah. in the back hacking into the security cameras and putting right. them on a loop so that by the time they even know that we hit them, we're long gone with the loot, with the rubies and our crime spree continues Guys, this is going to be the best summer ever <laughs> Best summer ever <laughs> This is what happens when we can't get
1: a, a nice, credible guest to join <laughs> the we cast. start planning heist. We are <laughs> planning heist because we're born during a summer
0: in the heist. Annie would be a great. She could be like the. She could be like the the person who knows all the karate. I don't think Annie knows karate, but let's just say for the sake of this of this heist, she does. You no, know, Annie's like the Catherine Zeta Jones character. She dresses up
1: in the fancy gown, <laughs> like distracts and, and, the guards, and, and and like you know flits her eyelashes at the guards. They get distracted while Jesse. Tumbles by, or whatever he does, he does his yeah. somersaults in the corner to like get past the guards. You know what I'm saying?
2: Uh, yeah, that's when I I dance through the laser field right. in a highly choreographed <laughs> because, routine because <laughs> Annie F. Downs is flirting with the on guard. Night and watchmen. they're like, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, I, I, I'm going to come back to you one sec. There's a guy over there appearing to try to dance through our laser field. And so I'm going to watch <laughs> him fall and hurt himself. And then we'll swoop in for the arrest. Run, Eddie, run. We need a master of disguise. We need a master of disguise in the gang, too. Yeah. You know, just I feel like that always comes in well, handy. Well, Eddie has a proclivity for the musical theater. I'm sure he
1: has. That's true. He That's has true, uh, I, feel like I feel like a
0: guy in full cat's regalia would still set off some alarm bells. Yeah. The- <laughs> so I'm not sure. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah quite
2: literally there's a tail it's gonna wag right over the motion sensor <laughs> like the literal alarm bell so yeah. yeah
0: jesse you we were talking before we started recording here and you brought up something that you thought might make for some good band you just gave us the you gave us the headline okay
2: i gotta know more man okay has this happened to you guys because it's happened to me like three times and it's starting to get weird okay I'm either at it happens at one of two places. And I it, honestly, it makes me want to not go there because I, I'm not a person who gets uncomfortable in social circumstances. I'm a pretty social person. Sure. I don't mind talking with strangers. Right. So this happens at Target and Barnes and Noble. And I'm there shopping, you know, or, or doing whatever, just picking up a couple things. And I get approached. And it's usually like an older dude like an, like, kind of an old man. And, they, and he's always very friendly. And they're always, he, and all three times, they come up and they're very complimentary of me. You know, they know nothing about me, but they look like, hey, you're, you look like someone who's pretty successful in life. You're doing, you, it seems like you're doing pretty well. They know nothing about me. And trust me, I do not dress like someone who you would presume <laughs> is doing all that well. Like, I look like someone who spends most of their free times planning fictional Ruby heist. Okay? This person has no reason to believe I'm I'm doing all that well Wait, in life. So you're,
1: you've transitioned. Tyler asked you a question. You've transitioned into an actual thing that's happening in your life. This is not another one of your... This is real. Ruby this is real things. I just this want to clarify because you deliver the stories with the same earnestness. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Well, like I can't tell uh-huh. by your tone when you're talking about complete malarkey... Or you're actually saying this happened to my
2: life. Okay, so this actually, what you're about to tell us is actually happening to you. Yeah, I follow the 80-20 rule, which is 80% of the time I just lie to people. And 20% it's truth. And this is in the 20 window. Gotcha. And these people, these dudes just come up to me and and, and we get to talking and... And it always comes around. They have like a business opportunity for me. And they, they yeah. see and I'm they seem like I'm the type of guy that they would like to partner with. They've known me for like three minutes and all of a sudden they want to go into business with me. And it always comes down and, and it's some kind of like MLM, meeting, like a multi level marketing scheme, you know, like some sort of like weird, uh, like sports marketing thing it would, that requires me to give them a bunch of money to get some kind of starter kit. Does this ever happen to you? Guys, or do I just have the face of someone who's very gullible? I don't know why it's like they I feel like they just I got a big target on my back. Is this happened to either of you guys, Chandler, anybody?
1: No. Literally never ever no. once I have I don't think I've ever spoken to a stranger in a retail environment in my life. Oh, I talk to them all oh. the
0: time.
2: Well that's, that's happened. <laughs>
0: that's yeah. your problem. That's your problem. But never, I've never been
2: approached about an opportunity. Like, uh, I'm not, these, that's never happened. They, no, these, these ones, I'm not approaching these guys because these don't look like the type of people I would just approach. They, they they look, they look like people who got in a little too deep on a multi-level marketing scheme <laughs> and are desperately trying to find a way out. That's what they look like visually. They look a little frazzled, but I don't know what it is about me. Do I look like someone who is easily bamboozled? Is that what it is? Hmm. I, I need, I need your guys' help understanding why I'm getting targeted
4: well, for how, harassment? Like, how often like are this. you at
0: these places? Is this just a law of averages? Like, you're there so much that you're bound to have some interesting experiences. I barely ever go to any
2: store. Any store, sure. I try to avoid retail settings at all costs. Every time I go, well, maybe, this is happening. Maybe now.
1: You, you look like lost and confused and bewildered mm-hmm. by your environment, so you look you look vulnerable. You know, what I'm Easy saying? Mark. Yeah, Easier. because you don't go to retail enough. You're taken in by the wonder and awe of it. You're like a you're like a visitor to New York City, walking mm. the sidewalks by looking up with great wonder at the tall buildings. Well, clearly, I can just glance at you and know that you're a tourist. You
0: know what I'm yeah, saying? I'm That's gonna, I'm you at Target. A it's true. Yeah. It's you at Target.
2: Yeah. All I
1: think this. maybe
0: you need to, you need a little rebranding. You need a little, you need to go, you need to walk in with confidence. You need to yeah. walk
2: in with a, with a mission. Like, you need a purposeful. With, I mean, I I need, you're going to need to have to like, you know, help me out. Does that mean like cutting the sleeves off my shirt? Like, what does that mean I, if I think I'm on a more mission? An, I think it's more of an
0: energy, just kind yeah. of the
2: vibe you're putting out. Like, this is a guy who does not have time to hear
0: about my multi level marketing scheme. This, this man is too busy. He's got too many plates spinning as it do is.
2: You, do either of you, Cameron, do you think facial hair would help? I'm, I'm grasping a straw. Honestly, I, I think
1: I think it's the I think it's your gait. I think you I think it's your pace in the store. I think Tyler was right. I think you are a a wanderer. You look like you're making eye contact with strangers cuz you like to chit-chat. You're yeah, like you're there true. for the social experience of hanging out at Target with everybody else. <laughs> you're there to enjoy yourself. That's right. I go into Target grab the basket in and out in four minutes flat. And I bought three shirts, the week's groceries and a couple of toys. Like I'm in and out
2: four minutes. You you're there for 45 and you're dilly dallying. That's my day plan. Yeah. Like, what are you doing today? Going to target. It's a whole day thing. I'm going to get a coffee. I'm going to get a delicious star, <laughs> a delicious Starbucks. I'm going to do one lap around the store, just check out what's new. Then I'll start the shopping. That's you know? your problem. I'll, see, what, I'll see, what the, see what's new with the Chip and Joe collection. Right. No. <laughs> you know, like you see if they got the new They got Halloween candy out yet. I like to do a lap just to kind of get my bearings. You you're guys don't like, do that?
1: You're like the old guys who hang out at, at McDonald's for breakfast. They're there That's all right. morning. They're there to chit chat. They're going to show up. They're going to chit chat. That's you at Target, and that's why you're the mark.
2: Those guys um, have have been hanging out there. They're like this guy's one of us. It was a delightful place to hang out, just like McDonald's in the morning, till these you know pyramid schemes started <laughs> ruining the whole scene. It's 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 ridiculous. I I gotta get a new look. Maybe
0: you go in with your own multi-level marketing scheme, ready to go. Sort of uh, <laughs> like chaff in the air. Like, I've got an
2: opportunity for you. Moyles. Hey, I've got an opportunity for you. Hey, listen, for oils for, for men. men. Moyles. <laughs> listen, I got an opportunity for you. I was talking with a couple of buddies of mine about the summer plans we got. <laughs> Turns out we don't have a master of disguise in the crew. So, we got a hacker. Got a getaway driver. got definitely got a couple of wild cards. Uh, obviously, you're looking at the muscle, the brains, and the looks. So, Uh, What do you say, Ian? You got any disguises? We're going to need them. (laughs) It's good advice, guys.
1: All right. We'll move the show along. Stay tuned. Up next, it's the hot list. (laughs) Nice to know.
5: When you call yourself a Christian, but don't let that title become an identity, it's time for an adjustment. In Dean Del Sesto's newest book, Shift Your Thinking for a Deeper Faith, you'll find hard-hitting truths and powerful perspective shifts to unlock the potential you already have. Dean Del Sesto wants to help you access the spiritual tools, abilities, and assets you have at your disposal. Strong faith isn't something you arrive at. It's a constant journey. Let this book equip you for that journey. Pick up your copy of "Shift Your Thinking for a Deeper Faith" today.
1: You're listening to the Hype by Twenty One Pilots, the Alt Mix. The Alt Mix. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard "Let Go" by Judah and the
2: Lion. I think that's the new. Uh, college football song you got it. i just got it is i just got a press release the headline june and the lions let go chosen as espn's new college football anthem for the 2019 2010 season or uh, 2020 season camera i don't want to i don't want to brag or take credit hmm. but weren't they just in relevant magazine opening yeah, yeah. up about how they Hang went on. from a worship band to this you know breakout uh indie rock group isn't and- that weird I just got the lineup for Austin
1: City Limits Music Festival in October. There's two weeks, kind of like Coachella. Yeah, And uh, Judah and the Lion are, you got like the headlining, you know, you know how the posters lists go. You know, you got the headliners yeah. at the big font, then you got mm-hmm. the main stagers in the medium font, Yeah, and you got, you got everybody else in the small font. They're in the medium font, Judah and the Lion. That's good.
0: Yeah, that's good. Those yeah. are usually my favorites. Other yeah. Like headliners are usually a little too, like a little too big. And well, and I don't
1: know. Childish Gambino is one of the well, okay, childish. So, yeah, the
0: exception that proves the rule.
1: Yeah, dude, that was I, when we were at Lollapalooza. His his uh, evening headlining concert was unbelievable in my mind. Jesse less impressed. I was blown away because it was yeah. like he has grown... like I wasn't a big Childish Gambino fan when he first started out because I thought it was kind of like... I thought it was like shtick, like rap, like totally, almost like totally joke rap. You. you know what I mean? Yeah, Totally but, with you. but now, he's like Teddy Pendergrass. And the way he commanded the stage, it was like a soul concert with a live band and he would have like these interludes where he's just kind of talking to the crowd and the band's playing and then he'd morph into the next song and he just had command of it like if you saw old concert footage of Teddy Pendergrass, it was
2: something to behold. Jesse's kind of like, he talked a lot. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was very, it was very chatty, which I know he's an actor and a standup comedian a brilliant person, but you know, I'm there to see music, you know, wow. like, I don't need, was, I don't need a lecture genius. on phone etiquette. Childish can't be no thanks though. Like, like when artists are like, all right, put the phone away. Let's share an experience. Like how many people are looking at their phones right now? It's like, Okay. I, I don't, thanks, Dad. I don't need, I didn't come here to get told about my phone habits. Just play some tunes, man. Let's, let's uh, have some fun. You that, that didn't, you liked, you like the, the banter though, Cameron. I do. I, I just, again, I, it,
1: to me, it was like he just was a maestro and he had control of the entire concert and he held a hundred thousand people with rapt attention, except, well, yeah. minus one, 99,999 people.
2: Jesse to Carey. Me. Me. To be fair, I was Load looking at hold my out. phone. I was I was drawing up heist plans on my phone. And I <laughs> didn't want to be told now's not the time. So
0: you were too distracted. And this is why you always get approached about these multi level markings you, you couldn't focus you're never in the moment, Jesse. Well, it's time for I guess
4: so.
1: See, speaking of Teddy Pendergrass and Charles Gambino, that could, that would have fit right in Works. to his headlining <laughs> very set. Very
2: smooth, very Works. smooth, very smooth.
1: Except he would have like strung that out for about seven minutes. He would have yeah, kind of like, he would have felt it, kind of like let it ebb and flow. You know what I mean? He would have, and then he would have talked of, about
2: yeah you know, stuff. I even have talked about stuff. I get it, man. I get it. What's the next song? Let's go. Let's go. No, it was genius. What are you talking about?
1: Oh man. I I, I could I could palpably feel Jesse's antsiness.
2: And I'm sitting there like I'm so looking around. in. I'm looking around. I'm like, guys, is anyone else sitting through this uh, this uh, <laughs> TED talk here? I know we signed up for that.
1: It was brilliant. It was so good. Uh oh, I didn't want it to end. Jesse was like, play
2: some songs, Gladwell. <laughs>
1: I get it. We're sharing a moment.
2: I get it. There's a lot of us. We all have phones. This technology, man. I, I know. Just play. This is interesting because this is the reverse of
0: how I feel like you guys... Usually take things in like Jesse be the one who's more you're a little bit chattier you're more open to people kind of like meandering a little bit and Cameron to be more like it's a performance this is this is what they've got a job to do they've got a minute. and I feel like this is a a rare
2: reversal of type well Cameron has a love for old soul and I have a love for not being bored and when Salvador <laughs> Chambino jumps on the crowd starts taking selfies for five minutes and you know just pontificating about the the state of uh, you know. Of culture, it's 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 really something. It's been a, it had been a long day, and i was just ready for some tunes. That's all. That's all. <laughs>
1: Stupid. All right, coming in at number five this week on the Hot List, Lauren Daigle, who also played a lot of blues last week, toppled Maroon Five for a Billboard record. Her single "You Say" this week took the number one spot on the Adult Contemporary charts, unsettling Maroon 5's "Girls Like You." It's no small feat. "Girls Like You" held the charts' all time record. After being number one for 33 straight weeks, Lauren's hit is now the only song in history to top both the adult contemporary and Christian airplay charts. I'm surprised Amy Grant didn't do that. Yeah. Um, from Billboard Magazine, they said, You say concurrently tops the airplay streaming and sales-based hot Christian songs chart for a 54th week. A reign second only to the 61-week domination of Hillsong United's Oceans from uh, 2013 to 15. Look up Child has also been the top Christian album for 42 weeks. I,
2: I, wanna, I just want to state something that's probably obvious now, you know, Drew the Lions and the Mac, and now all of a sudden they got the, the, the college game day song of the year. Right? Lauren Dagle. On the cover, and guess what? She's toppling Maroon Five, and, and th- you know, thankfully, we no longer have to live in a country where Maroon Five is the number one song. You know, I don't want to take credit for these things, but who was the who held the previous record? Oh, Hillsaw United. That's weird. You know who's been on our cover? I'm not saying that we are kingmakers. I'm just saying we are king and queen makers because uh, both these artists, you know, they're just blowing up. You know,
0: and did you happen to see who was the number two trending topic on Twitter this very morning? No. Our our Tory Kelly, you might remember Tory okay. Kelly from just a few months ago. Being on the cover of Relevant Magazine. She has a new album out today, rocketed her to the top of the charts. You're welcome for that, Tori Kelly. Oh, and who did Lauren Daigle's <laughs> album? Who was the previous record holder for the top of the Christian charts? Who mm-hmm. album did she? Do you remember Jesse, who that was? Yeah, it was United, right? Well, no, the album. Yeah, uh, not, the song, not a single song. Uh, not no, Ocean. No, I, I can't album, remember why? Oh, that was just Switchfoot, Beautiful Letdown. Switchfoot also been on the cover of Relevant Magazine. <laughs> it's hard. That's it's a lot of responsibility to it choose is. who's going to
2: be next. It's a. We take that responsibility seriously. Listen, we, we have, when our time is so valuable, okay? <laughs> that I don't have time for the chitter chatter. Play me the hits, man. Play the hits and let's get on to it. I got We got business to do here, you know? All right. Coming in <laughs> well, number nice. four this week, uh, Chance the Rapper credits celibacy,
1: baptism, and marriage for changing his life. He was recently a guest on Nicki Minaj's Apple Music Show, Queen Radio. By the way, the number one radio show on, on Beats 1.
2: Oh wow, Nikki Minaj. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, her
1: her episode 2 weeks ago was the t- most downloaded and streamed show ever on Beats 1.
2: What which who was the guest that week?
1: She was like, I don't remember. But I was listening last weekend and she said
0: last week's show was I don't so I don't know who was the guest, but wow. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I know. She's I, a, she's a pretty gifted conversational. Like she, really she has is. whatever that thing is that makes you just interesting to listen, have a conversation with somebody else. Nikki's definitely got it. But she's but she records it. Have you ever heard it? She records it like literally the hit
1: record and she's just like at the salon or she's getting her hair done or she's eating lunch. Yeah. Like before something like, Oh, we have this like photo shoot this afternoon. Well, we got to record our beats one show before we do that. So while we're getting ready, we'll just record it. So it's like, she's like literally like something will happen off mic or somebody's mic's not turned on. It's like one take.
2: They don't do yeah. any editing to it. I'm like, how is this? How is this the number one show on Beats One? It's the podcast well, of
0: the future. It's where well, we're going. I,
2: I do think. I mean, this is a separate conversation, but I think that uh, to to some degree, like podcasting has changed expectations for what radio is. Like, I think people have gotten really accustomed to a, a more of like a informal type of setup, where you know, if you listen to like NPR or something. You know, everything's there. There might be there's some conversation, but a lot of it's scripted. It's all on like a really tight time. You know, like an interview is not going to last more than just a few minutes unless you're listening to like Terry Gross or something. But if you go listen to like Marin or Joe Rogan or any of the, you know, those big podcasts. You know, the guys are getting up in the middle to go to the bathroom and they just leave the mics on. They're just like, all right, hang on one sec. I'm going to go grab a water and they just let it run. I think it's kind of changed how a lot of people think about listening to to audio content to a degree.
1: Outside of outside of like Terry Gross, who is on the Mount Rushmore of interviewers. Yeah. Who's your favorite interviewer to listen to? Not 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 like for a written piece, but like to listen to the conversation.
2: Yeah. Um man, that's a great question. Um, my,
1: my mine is Zane Lowe from Beats 1. Hmm. He does better music interviews than anybody I've ever heard. Like cuz artists are a lot of times really difficult to talk to. Cuz mm-hmm. like think about it, like you're a musician or whatever and not, you're going to ask me about the lyric of the whatever like I don't want to talk about that. Like he does a great job pulling out fascinating conversations with with artists. I think yeah. Zane Lowe is amazing.
2: I I think Over the years, I've actually kind of learned a lot from, I I would say, Mark Maron, just because I feel like up to then, you know, obviously, I have a journalism degree and interview people every single day, almost, you know. And so the way that I had, like, always approached interviews was from the way that I sort of been taught and and, in the way that you kind of are taught to do it, you know, when you're learning the craft of journalism but when you listen to someone I the reason I've gotten a lot of Mark Maron is because he he doesn't come from that world you know he's he's a you know previously a stand-up comedian and he has such genuine interest in his subjects and the conversations always get really really personal and I mean people go on there and they cry sometimes and there's just a, like it doesn't sound like you're listening to an interview. It sounds like you get to be a fly on the wall with a really intimate in, in in like a really intimate conversation. And Cameron, I think to, to a degree you've tapped into that with unedited too, where it's not like going into the interview, you have this big agenda, you know, where, where Terry gross, if she's talking to someone, she has her line of questions, right? She has an agenda, but like I've come to appreciate interviews that let the interview be whatever it wants to be. You know, uh, I, I, I've i gotten a lot of listen to those type of conversations.
1: I, I'm not able to listen to Mark Maron because it has an E on it and yeah. I have the filters. But uh, one of the... I, I was really influenced by early episodes of uh, Alec Baldwin's podcast. Yeah. Where he would kind of go wherever they were. He'd be backstage at a play if he's doing... Talking to the actor or whatever. And, and, and he would... And again, I haven't listened in a couple of years and you know, this is always the difficult part is keeping the level high. But like in the earliest episodes, it was like a who's who of people he was fascinated by. And, mm. and the genuine curiosity of what they did and and the connection he had to whatever it was that they were doing uh, came through and it was fascinating. And then I heard a couple episodes where I could tell he wasn't as interested in the person. Yeah. And it definitely fell flat. And that's where it started. And <laughs> so like for, for when we started unedited, it was like, that's the key. Is like we cannot dilute this thing just to hit a quota of volume. We need to make sure that the conversations are honestly only people that I genuinely am interested in. And that's no yeah. disrespect to anybody that we have not had on. But it's just like there's a difference. You get in that in that format, you know. I mean, any journalist can extract good quotes from a subject, yeah. you know, but in that format, there needs to be a genuine level of interest. It's it's fascinating to me that Mark Marin's been able to maintain it.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because he does, he's been doing two episodes a week for, for years now. Uh, Tyler, who's your, who's your favorite, uh, you, interview? You know, I was thinking about
0: it. We brought up a lot of the, like, I definitely, I think Marin's really great. And, uh, I think I've talked about how much I appreciate Colbert's style of interviewing. I think mm-hmm. he's got a real get gift for. Uh, I've learned a lot from Colbert watching him interview, but somebody who I've really appreciated lately. I don't know about favorite, but just that I've been learning a lot from and I don't feel like he's quite gotten the credit he deserves for this yet is Trevor Noah on a, what he does sometimes with his guests that I think very few people are able to do as well as he is, is challenge them. I think he's at his most interesting when he's talking to somebody he disagrees with because he can be very open about it and he can push back in a way that still feels very professional and gentle, without uh, pushing people into a corner or boxing them in in a way that that can really escalate things. Uh, I think that's a really tough thing to do, especially in front of a studio audience. And it's something that I've been trying to to get a little better on myself as an interviewer. And I think his methods of doing that are have been helpful for me. Yeah, yeah.
1: John Stewart was a master of that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John was great at that. I miss John Stewart. I We could use
0: we could really use him right now.
1: Well, back to the hot list. Well, Chance was on Nicki Minaj's Apple Music show called Queen Radio. Uh, well, they started discussing faith. So Nicki said that after Kanye West told her that he'd become a, quote, born again Christian, she started to notice changes in him. She said, my first instinct was, I'm so proud of you because I could see there's a piece that he has now that just surpasses everything. And that's what I find God gives you. And I love when I see men that are man enough to embrace God. Chance then opened up about his own faith journey and the role that his wife has played in his spiritual growth. Back in March, Chance married his longtime girlfriend, uh, Kirsten Corley. During the interview, he explained how songs on his new album, The Big Day, were inspired by his relationship with his wife, who encouraged him to remain celibate before their wedding. He said, I explained that my wife literally saved my life by becoming celibate and going and getting baptized. It changed my life for real and now i know exactly where my strength comes from and this is all after i procra- proclaimed i love jesus and stuff so yeah. there you go yeah. queen
2: radio queen yeah. radio and, and and i feel like that sense of like joy and celebration really comes out on the big day chances album i it know does. like
0: it does for sure you,
2: you know it doesn't have maybe some of like the emotional complexities that some of his mixtapes do but right. I, I feel like you know for just trying to capture unbridled joy it's I feel like the album does a pretty good job of that.
0: Mm. I agree. I agree. I'd I'd say that's definitely like there's no, you can't doubt his sincerity. Yeah. Yeah. It's very earnest. It's very earnest. Definitely an uh, an extremely earnest and honest album, which I think like we talked about last time on the pod, might kind of play into some of the hurt feelings that he has because it's, uh, it's one thing if you're like, well, I didn't really care about that one anyway. So who cares if you don't like it? But if you're being very earnest and people don't like it, then it just feels like a review of yourself. Yeah. yeah.
1: that's yeah. true. That's a good point, man. I didn't even think of it like that. It's like I love yeah. my wife. I love God. You suck. Yeah. That. Um Yeah. If if I wrote something that was well, like that very hurt. meaningful and deeply <laughs> true
0: about about like my wife, and people were like, nice sentiment, but that really sucked. And then I'd be like, Oh, <laughs> Yeah,
2: it'd be like, well, it's okay. You didn't like the feature that I wrote on Judah the Lion. But if I wrote a feature about my life and you told me that sucked, yeah, that probably wouldn't feel too good. (laughs) (laughs) But it's literally just my story. Yeah, it sucks. It's terrible. It's a bad story. You went riverboat gambling with Matt Kearney for a whole summer? This is terrible. (laughs) There's not a whole novel there.
0: (laughs) It's a short story at best.
1: Uh, Coming in number three this week, speaking of Kanye West, he went full youth pastor at the latest Sunday service mm. by changing the lyrics to secular songs oh, so bad. clips from a recent sunday service show the choir singing nirvana songs with the lyrics swapped out for some christian ones successfully swerving into the lane pioneered by youth pastors in the <laughs> 90s among uh, the newly redeemed lyrics of come as you are you know come as you are uh it's just confess he'll do the rest christ is here hallelujah <laughs> and to the tune
0: Hallelujah. of <laughs> oh boy, it's bad. It's and bad. to the tune it, of bad. Smells
1: Like Teen Spirit, the crew saying, "Let your light shine, it's contagious." Here we are now, inspiration. It's bad. <laughs> oh, wow. here's a clip. Listen at your own risk. You can't oh, unhear it. To? You can't unhear it.
3: Now's the time.
5: Hurry
3: up. The choice is yours, don't be late. Just Uh. confess, he'll do the rest. Christ is here. Oh, wow. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
2: Chandler, as a palate cleanser, can you just fire up Baby Got Book again? I know he did (laughs) it a couple weeks ago, but that's the only one that ever really did this well. It's hard to know where to go from that one. Honestly, it, it, it I, I, the, it's making me lose some respect for Kanye West. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, really? But this is the, this <laughs> was this
3: the bridge too far?
2: No,
0: <laughs> this, I'm is the, saying artistic, this is the artistic kind of that broke
2: the camel's back. <laughs> Artistically, I just don't get it. I just don't We've, I've, Jesse, I think we've
0: talked about this. I defended Kanye for a long time. You know, I still I was the one who was even when other people were starting to waver, I was like, Oh, but he'll always have and he does have, you know, Beautiful Twisted and and uh in eight oh eights and all that. But uh man this went too. This far. is why Hard Jesse. Say, this yeah. is why
1: Jesse got kicked out of Sunday service. He was there just,
0: just play the songs, play the real songs, <laughs> play the <oops."
2: laughs> Is Sia here is she hiding somewhere? Sia, help us! This is terrible. They're singing Christian versions of Nirvana songs. They're not even good. <laughs> We're good, Joel
0: Houston. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't we get like free Yeezys or something? Can we just get to that? Do I get to pick a? Do I tell? You, the size doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, how does this work? I word 11 in Adidas. Does that help? Yeah, coming in at number two this week. Yeah, uh,
1: St. Laurent, North America president, uh, Brant Kreider told Levi Lesko about his miraculous salvation experience this week. The fashion industry mogul and DJ who's also worked with Prada and Armani was a guest on Levi's YouTube series, War with Friends, where he plays the card game War and interviews people about their faith stories. Uh, Brandt explained that back in 1996, he attended a promise keepers event in Denver. At the time he said he was searching for a deeper meaning in life. And, uh, he had his massive divine experience, uh, while watching the sunset. He said, I began weeping uncontrollably. I wasn't a crier. Um, his last name is Kreider, not crier. Uh, I was not a crier and I heard a voice whisper to me. I am the answer that you've been looking for. I gave my life to over to God at that point. And it changed my life forever. I went on this radical pursuit of him, and that's when it started for me. He also talked about uh, combining his faith with his passion for the fashion industry. Here's a clip.
4: He, he, for me, even before I really got to know him, I found him to be so wild and powerful and strong and unabashed. And, and like I found his pursuit of me and us way more real and passionate and tactile and multidimensional than. Beige, beige, You know what I mean? And, Although Kanye's uh, done
2: well with it. He's, well,
4: it, it, he's yeah. turned it nice. But beige is the new you know, black. Right? Uh, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. I'm with um, you. That, that, that to do something for Jesus, it can't be inspiring. Right. That Christian music needs to be crappy, secular music, but with a Christian fish on the cover. Right. right. This idea of what we should be innovating, if we have God who breathes out stars in us, this should be the best thing ever. Ever! Ever. The greatest ideas on earth, the greatest event on earth, the greatest, like we have kind of the answer to life's questions that, that uh, it's all right there and he's amazing and he's big and he's strong and he, he's actually completely in love with every one of us and so I kind of went on this love pursuit of him and uh, he just kind of... And that made you better at what you did, not worse. Yeah, because he, like once you kind of get his love inside you, your ability to love other people is so much easier. I, I think it would be challenging at times to give people the love and grace that they kind of need if I didn't have him kind of fueling it inside of me. You know, I think that's sometimes how people feel so anxious and the world feels a little thin. It's just, he's really the endless source and spring of life itself. Yeah. It was a really good interview. You know,
0: I I can understand the kind of impetus there to jump in and defend Kanye's use of beige there, but a a word word of wisdom to Levi Luskoe. Stop trying to defend Kanye now, man. That's a dark road <laughs> to, to, to exercise in futility. You'll regret The sooner you get off that boat, the, the happier you'll be. Coming in at number one this week
1: on the hot list, Mr. Rogers' look for the helper's video made the rounds again this weekend in the wake of two mass shootings. Years ago, uh, the late children's show host and Presbyterian minister was asked about what to say to kids who find themselves scared about what they are seeing in the news. In the days following two tragic mass shootings, that clip... And Mr. Rogers' simple yet profound advice about finding the good in humanity has resurfaced again.
4: Here's the clip. You know, my mother used to say, long time ago, whenever there would be any really cat- catastrophe that was
2: on the, in the movies or, or on the air, she would say,
4: always look for the helpers. There, were, there will always be helpers, you know, even just on the sidelines. That's why I think that if news programs could make a conscious effort of showing
2: rescue teams, of, of showing who uh, medical people, a- anybody who is coming into a place where there's a tragedy,
4: to be, to be sure that they include that. Because if you look for the helpers you'll know that there's hope.
2: I, I saw a really interesting take on, you know, someone writing about this video this week and about how, you know, seeing this as an adult versus seeing it as a child is, you know, when you're an adult, this should be an encouragement to be one of the helpers, be one of the people that are running in to help people, to serve people mm. and to be one of the voices that, and one of the people that people who are f- frightened can look to And be like, okay, I can have some hope in humanity because these people are doing good in light of something terrible. And so I think, yeah, as encouraging as that advice is for children, I think it's also a real um, call as an adult to to be a helper, be someone that people can look to and and get some hope from.
1: Yeah. Well, that'll do it for. Well stay tuned up next Matt Carney goes on a key promo Listening to "Sea of Victory" by Elevation Worship. The single is actually part of a new five-song EP that releases on August 30th, called "At Midnight." Ironically, they'll probably release at midnight on August 30th. It's called "At Midnight." Uh, you can stream "Sea of Victory" wherever you listen to music, and be sure to pre-add or pre-save "At Midnight." It's going to be great. Well, Matt Carney is a singer and songwriter who recently released his new EP that revisits his album, City of Black and White, 10 years after the initial release. We spoke with Matt about the new EP, the power of being honest in music, the stories behind some of his most well-known songs, and that summer, he wrestled with Jesse in the Mud. Here is part of Jesse's conversation. Matt Listen
3: Listening the Sade, playing on the radio, sipping on your latte, drawing on your window. You feel like second nature, read it in your eyes, I don't need it down on paper, I got you memorized, I got you memorized.
2: I was thrilled when I saw that you were revisiting uh, the City of Black and White. How come you wanted to, to kind of revisit some of these songs and kind of do a fresh take on it?
6: Uh, you know, I think it was... Um, I actually wanted to do it on Nothing Left to Lose and just didn't, for some reason, like creatively, just where I was at, it was more of an idea and it just never like happened. And <laughs> this one came around. I was like, man, City of Black and White's going to be 10 years old. And I was listening to the to the record, which is funny. I actually never, I hadn't listened to it in probably five or six years as an album, which is a whole nother thing. Once once I finish a record, I find I actually don't ever listen to it again, which is ah. kind of odd. But I was thinking like, it's odd that I don't listen. <laughs> I haven't listened to this forever. And I put it on. I was like, man, these songs are kind of like, they feel timeless in a sense of like their lyric isn't bound to like some era or season I was like man these songs would really stand up if we like redid them yeah and it would be fun to explore that again and um starting my own independent lab- label was part of it I was like man well I could own this recording that'd be kind of fun to re do my own record and then like actually be the record label behind it um so yeah there was a bunch of different reasons to explore it and I got a buddy this guy named JT Roach who I was a fan of his stuff and I said, hey, will you come to Nashville and let's just camp out for a week? And we did most of the recording in about six days. So oh, we wow. just literally threw, threw paint at the project and kind of surfaced and said, is this any good? And we're like, wow, we really like this. All I have, all I have, all
3: I have, will you know it's yours. Every breath, every step, every moment I'm looking for. All I have all I have is yours. And you my heart break a little bit more. Watching my heart break
2: a little bit more. Yeah, hopefully going out of order is okay because I want to start with uh, closer to love because I you know that w- I remember that song so specifically, I uh, you know, remember the the video for it and everything. And it's you know it's got this <laughs> great narrative to it. You know, can you tell me a little bit about the story behind Closer to Love and even how it evolved when you kind of did this new version, which I feel like is more intimate this time around?
6: Yeah, I think we wanted to strip it down because it was the single. It was the biggest pop song, I guess, on that record. And so like something about pulling it back and making it more rooted in just the acoustic guitar and chill felt like uh, a tension that was kind of fun to play with um, to make it a new thing. But yeah, I, speaking of Tyler Burkham, he, he had said something to me once. Um, he'd had kids fairly early and he said something like, one day you'll realize you're just one phone call away from like your knees. Or He said something along those lines. And I was like, you know, every poet's a thief. And I said, man, that's a great line. That is a song. And uh, I ran with it. And like, we just was taught, I think, you know, my wife is part of that character um, that don't apologize for all the tears you cry. It's like she still apologizes every time tears. I'm like, why are you like, you're fe- like, that always seemed odd to me. Like, you're experiencing a very real emotion. Like, why are you apologizing for that? You know, and so there's some of her character in there. There's like, um, it, but the per- that person, and that's that it's isn't one person, it's not like this literal story. Um, I remember I was staying on my manager's boat in Chicago um, when I wrote some of the lyrics. I was sleeping in this, like, you know, basically like a sleeping bag on this boat on Lake Michigan. And that's kind of where some of the second verse comes from. But I just felt like this this person that, like, uh, is in in need and in, like, this desperate place, but, like, is kind of holding on to hope is a lot of, like, a place I love to write out of. And, and it was something I saw in my own life and in people around me's life. And that song kind of just kind of fell the sky out of that, from that idea.
3: Lead me once again down off Lake Michigan where we could feel the storm blown down with the wind and don't apologize for all the tears you've cried. You've been way too strong now for all your life. We're going, there soon she's gonna be there too crying in come through.
2: The other song I wanted to talk about, uh, and again, man, I've I've been a big fan of these songs for a long time, so it's fun to kind of get some of the backstory, but fire and rain. Like yeah, that that's one I use man, I, I remember playing that one a lot. Can you tell me a little bit? And, and <laughs> I think that's what even the title references attention. And that's what I think I like about the selections that you made is like there is sort of this like emotional wrestling match in a lot of these <laughs> songs, you know, which yeah. which the delivery it comes across is like so so smooth and fun to listen to. But when you really dig in, you know, it has that sort of complexity there. Tell me a little bit about the backstory
6: with Fire and Rain. Fire and Rain was really written about a friend of mine. And, um, you know, he had, there was like this kind of, I'm going to go down this path. That's like, uh, destructive to myself. And I know it is, but I'm going to do it anyways. Was Mm -hmm. kind of like some of the conversations we'd had in that season of life. Um, so I ended up writing it to him kind of as this, like, Hey man, I know you're going to like, down this path of destruction like that you know is too and we all know and all your community does um but i'm here for you and like uh if you need something you know there's like this i know in the back of your mind you know what's going on and you know what's right for you and and like i i, I it was kind of that was the characters in my own life and then obviously when you have that then when you start writing a song there's like some fiction and there's some it becomes something bigger you know maybe it's like you don't just write, I don't know, I don't know. It's like a no great song is just this literal thing. It's like, it becomes this drama that unfolds with images in your head. And I love that song. I love some of the lines in that song. The line about, you know, went down to your street, could still feel the old heat. Like, I just, I always love that line. It's like, there's definitely those places in your life you turn down a street or you go by someone's house or this like coffee shop or something. And it's like, oh man, I, I feel that. Wrestling in that moment we had, you know, together. And so it's kind of playing with, with those ideas.
3: Do you ever think about me? Do you ever call my name Ask me now, I'll give you the reasons my love will not fade. Through the fire. And rain.
1: That was Matt Carney. Stay tuned. Up next. It's fire Ask the rain. Cast, the Light Edition.
3: It's always you.
5: Are you sick of all the doom and gloom predictions about church decline, culture wars, and moral corruption? What if all of this secularization is actually good news for the church? And what if what appears to some like a dark hour is actually a rare opportunity? Mark Sayers, the Australian pastor who co-hosts this cultural movement podcast with John Mark Comer, wrote a book showing that cultural movements like ours often precede spiritual awakening. He'll show you why there's lots of reasons to hope and how you can prepare yourself and your community to be agents of renewal in the world. The book is Reappearing Church. Check it out today.
3: You're
1: listening to Tattooed on My Heart by Bishop Briggs. Okay, it's time for...
3: something time to ask it's ask the
1: cast. All right. So you guys uh we ask you, this happens about once a week. We'll yeah. go on to the Twitter, you know, the old Twitter, we'll fire it up and mm-hmm. we'll say, Hey, you got any questions for the cast? Hit us up. You guys hit us up at Relent Podcast. Here's a few of the questions. I will lob them to the light crew. Maybe Chandler should join in. I think he should. I, I like absolutely, absolutely right. yeah, that's that's a a good should and, okay. and before right. before, I before may, we I want
2: you to. Before we get underway, I, I need to clear something up about the Matt Carney interview. Yeah. I think there's been some confusion. Yeah. Um, I was thinking this, you guys this whole time been referring to the artist, Matt Carney. Yeah. I was referring to my summer with my friend, Matt, the Carney, who <laughs> is a rambunctious circus Carney that I ended up palling around with for a while. Yeah. So Matt, the Carney, uh, he'll be on next week. Um. So I my apologies to Matt Carney, <laughs> the artist. Great EP, <laughs> by the way. So, um, so Stacy Drake asked. She said she accidentally started a bit of a prank
1: war at work involving rubber f- chicken finger flingers, <laughs> rubber chicken fling, rubber chicken finger flingers. Okay. <laughs> but she's looking to up her game. Yep. Any office prank advice that won't get her fired? Uh, oh well, well yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah. I okay. mean, <laughs> okay, less interesting. <laughs> you can't put boundaries on it like that. <laughs>
2: Chandler, I, I want you to start us off, and then Tyler, and I'm very curious as to what you would say to this to this dear listener of ours. I mean, the, the go-to is saran wrap on the toilets, but uh, you have like to fight over that. <laughs> at the office, at the workplace. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I I I think if you think you need to go uh uh more of like, you know, Jim Halpert style. I think the 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 key is messing with uh, their work stuff, you know? Like I there <laughs> I I feel like I I heard about someone at an office who uh you know they changed like the sound of like the email notification or made some sort of sound like when the when the person like clicked their mouse it would make like a funny like farting noise or something on the computer That's something good. like that you can't you That's good. the people <laughs> Anything to do with whoopee cushions, whether it's farty noises on the computer, let's face it, fart noises are hilarious. I don't want to sound like a child here, but no one on this podcast doesn't think it's funny objectively. I think weave that into the prank a little bit. Huck, what do you think? I
0: think so. This is this is. I'm borrowing this one, but I've always wanted to see if it would actually work because this is lifted from one of Jim's in the office. Uh, as he, we didn't see it, but he described putting nickels and the telephone receiver like slowly making it heavier and heavier, and then one day taking them all out so that when Dwight picked up the phone, he <laughs> hit stupid. himself in the head. I'm curious if you could actually do that. If you can pull that off. Uh, that's doesn't that's just helpful for me I'm curious for my own well-being I'd like to know if that could happen or do I, this
1: I like the one where he took uh Andy's annoying cell phone ring remember oh, the annoying great. cell phone ring and he oh, took Andy's great. phone and put it up in the ceiling tiles because that like somebody you know like oh where's my phone I don't know well then they they ping it they can I and mean, then you hear the ping yeah. it's right there yeah. it's near you you don't know where it is though. You call the phone, you hear it,
2: like, where is it? I think that would be walking from, all over oh, the
0: office.
1: Okay. Guys, I, well, I, not walking all over. They keep coming back.
2: They're, they're there. It says it's right here. Where is it? You know, oh uh, yeah, okay, I got a good one along those lines. This is really funny. Okay. So you go to your HR representative and you tell them that person said horrible. Offensive, politically incorrect things, and just just unload on file, report everything. Okay, then go back to your desk, and when they get called into HR, you look at them and go, "Never fling a rubber chicken finger at me again." Understand? (laughs) (laughs) Never. You have no idea. You have no idea. Uh,
1: Leslie asked, "How much of the Chili's gift card has Chandler used?" About half. Oh, half. Yeah, hey, You're a little more than halfway through the year. You are you are going on on the frugal side of things, but not as frugal as I actually anticipated. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you know. I thought you'd get a solid four years out of it. I really yeah. did.
2: <laughs> How Just often are you eating at chilies these days, Chandler? Um, maybe every like three weeks. Okay. Yeah, he
1: has to make special trips to, like, yeah, castle or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I, 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 let me say this real quick. This is going to be a preview. I was going to try to get her on. I actually emailed her today and, and didn't get up with her. A listener uh, messaged us, and she works at Chili's. She's a Chili's employee and was devastated to hear about uh, your your forays into the Olive Garden. And <laughs> wow. she wants to come on and give you a piece of her mind. And I okay. said yes. Uh, right. So right. that'll be happening next week. Chandler. <laughs> Great. So he's Great. going to give you a little talk about loyalty. <laughs> you know, it was, it was ironic. Uh, uh, Charles Cambino had about 20 minutes on loyalty, uh, just as a concept during the concert. <laughs> Incredibly boring. Um, but I learned some things, and now this listener will be telling you those things, Chandler.
1: Scott Poyer asks, what's the most insignificant topic that you hold a very
2: strong opinion on? Oh, I
3: mean... Hmm. All of I got them. a lot of them. Okay, I, Tyler, Tyler, them. I mean, Tyler's
2: <laughs> <laughs> into comic books, and so...
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's in trouble. it's mean,
0: right where my ah, mind went. That's close. That's got got a pretty lot of, close here.
5: <laughs> I do got a lot of them.
0: Uh, I'll, 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 I can jump off with a comic. I, I think that uh, whenever uh, comic books or comic book media, uh, whenever it excludes children, necessarily excludes children, then it loses something really important about the genre. I think it should always be accessible to kids, and the like, the Deadpool's and and things like that uh, can't really embrace the full heart of the genre. Wait, because wait, wait. I,
1: I've never seen it, so Deadpool is not a child friendly.
0: It's rated R. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so
1: I was at Dave and Buster's yesterday with my kid, and there was a f- we were waiting to play a game, and there was a family playing it, so we were standing there waiting. Uh-huh. The family, mom, dad, and two children, the two boys would have been ages 7 and 12. That's my guess. Mom, dad, two boys, 7 and 12. All four of them wearing matching, identical Deadpool t-shirts. Oh, well, so you're saying wow. Deadpool
0: is not appropriate for the 7 and 12. It's a hard R. It's a very the, hard the R. The movie is is very much a hard R. The, the comics sometimes are just kind of like friendly to sit. He's kind of famous for like breaking the fourth wall and being sort of a satire of superhero comics in a way that can be kind of fun and and just kind of like uh brood humor kind of like you might see on on uh like comedy central or something like that adult swim but the movie just delved right went all the way over to to a very hard r and i think that's kind of unfortunate because it's a yeah i think that's it sends a really confusing message to kids to see like a character who's really colorful uh dressed up the way the superheroes are but uh is is a part of a a genre they can't really get into and i think that's
2: uh yeah, I think mean, it's confusing. I don't think it's healthy. Well, that's hmm. that's a very that's a very noble thing to be annoyed about. Mine is different, and <laughs> mine is the mine is dumb stuff in the sport of baseball. Let me explain. The managers wear uniforms in baseball. Okay, right. right. I've heard <laughs> this. Too. And that. Okay, I'm, I can't be <laughs> the only one who's had this take. They're wearing leather belts with yeah. the the tucked in uniform. The hat. There's been coaches that wear cleats. Yeah. Can you imagine if a basketball coach, Greg Popovich, <laughs> wore a Spurs jersey? Imagine Bill Belichick trails down the sidelines in full pads. Why are the coaches, why are the managers in uniform? Like are they are they going to sub into the game? Like why they are wearing like high-tech clothes that you can slide in. The managers. What other sport? It makes it yeah it's it's so stupid. There's other stuff that annoys me about baseball too. Like the 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 ceremonial first pitch. It's too much ceremonial stuff, like the uniforms. It's too much tradition. The first pitch should count. That's what I'm saying. When you have like some, you know, so old you're saying senator so you're saying out like, there uh, yeah. starting off the season. If it's it happens in the game, it should count. It's a pitch, and if he and if and if Grandpa, you know. Veteran World War II hero happens to love a meatball right down the center, and I and 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 their leadoff guy wants to take a yard. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> he should have put it in the dirt. The first pitch should count. And managers stop wearing those uniforms. It's ridiculous. Some of those baseball managers are like in their seventies and they're wearing literally uniforms. It's stupid. It's incredible. Guys, you got me all fired up here, man. <laughs> I'll say this. The only cool random ceremonial tradition thing they do is plunking? You guys know what that is? No, no. <laughs> it's like if someone, if someone on one team shows up, a specifically a pitcher, right? So, camera, let's say you hit a home run, right, and you watch it leave the park. In baseball, you're supposed to just put your head down, cr- run the bases. You're not supposed to do a bat flip. You're not supposed to stare at the pitcher. You're not even supposed to stand there and watch the ball leave the the ballpark. Right. That's that's you know gauche in baseball. It's, so, what happens is you get plunked, which means the next time you're at bat. The the pitcher throws the ball as hard as he can right in your rib cage. And you just got to sit there and take it. (laughs) This, this I've seen this happen. I've seen a pitcher do this because the uh, uh, hitter hit, hit a home run watch it go out of the park and the batter did not come back up to the plate before the end of the game. A year went by. Literally the next season, the first time that batter goes up, he knows he's getting plunked. You just see him there standing in the box and the pitcher wail him. A year had gone by. It's insane. It's dangerous and I love it. I love it. There's nothing like it in sports. It's, it's holding grudges. It's not just holding grudges. It's like, well, I, I, you know, I kind of let that go, but honestly, you know the rules here. I have to throw it in your ribcage as hard as I can. A hard baseball that i can throw 100 miles an hour it's stupid but i love it i love it
1: <laughs> uh cody jensen says i just moved to portland i want to fit in with the locals what should i do to culturally assimilate
2: oh well i've watched a lot of portlandia and so um yeah i mean i see i i think this is what what's this the listener's name uh cody jensen cody okay here's the thing cody i i I I think people in Portland have like a really high radar for people riding around funny looking bicycles and you know eating drinking kombucha. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) And you know, uh, it's like a fermented drink. Uh, That's like healthy. Some disgusting. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. And planning community gardens and stuff. Go the opposite way. That's you want to fit in. Portland's a city where weirdos fit in the best. So be the way I would go. I would buy like a gas guzzling muscle car. For one, oh. I would, I would wear, you know, khakis. I would, wear, and you know, look very straight laced. That's interesting. I would, be, it's, it's yeah, interesting I would theory, go against it, what you think, Portland. Yeah,
3: because
1: like the 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 rebellion against the north the mainstream. You know, well, if everybody becomes like that, then it's yeah. now the mainstream. So you're saying, yeah. Yeah. start a new countercultural right. trend. Against the countercultural trend, which has now just become the cultural trend. Exactly. I like it. Exactly.
2: Swing it back. Like basically make Portland more like the Midwest. You know, that's the only place it has to go at this point. I mean, it looks, it looks like,
1: you know. That's true. I mean, like downtown Boise is trying to look like Portland. You know, down every coffee shop is trying to do the Pacific Northwest thing. How is Portland going to stay ahead of
0: that? You go, you go norm core. Switch the vibe. Exactly. Yeah, go exactly. Pull in some, keep pulling that Kansas City
2: energy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Des Moines, Iowa. If that it doesn't starts work, with Cody Jensen. If that doesn't work, wear a, baseball profes- a uniform of professional baseball player. <laughs> it, the, you're going to look ridiculous. Some people will love it.
1: Evan Penn says he's moving very soon and is stressed and anxious about it. What's the best way sure. to find good housing and smooth landlords into putting you at the top of their wait list?
2: I like this. I like this a lot. So (laughs) I'm assuming, you know, I mean, the, the obvious choice is bribery. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't know his budgetary restraints there. But the other thing is I, w- I would do what I do when I have a problem with a coworker, which is and an, But instead of calling the HR rep, I would call the landlord and I would say, hey, I've heard some other people on that list uh, for this house. This is very offensive, politically incorrect things. <laughs> you need to write them up and get them off. We don't need troublemakers in here. I think the best thing to do if you need to feel your Yourself built up and feel good, and let other people feel good about you is to put others down. That's easy, right, guys? Am I right? <laughs> that's that's great advice, that's huh? The, I think I think you sabotage the landlord first,
0: so you can get a little bit of blackmail. I think you want to bri- so. I think you release <laughs> like fifty rats into the complex you're just moving in on. You photograph that. You make sure that you've got that documented, and then you go to this landlord and you say, "I would hate." For the Department of Health and Human Services to hear about the I, I, but, but as a good citizen, I can't, in good conscience, not tell them. I sure wish somebody would, would help, would help me make this, make this decision a little bit easier. I think your landlord will pick up right away
2: what you're laying down. I like that blackmail idea because that's the other thing. Like I've, I've, you know, I've, I've always wanted to do the heist thing in the movies. I've also wanted to do a sophisticated blackmail plot in the movies, which we all know how these things go. You meet them at a park. You're wearing dark sunglasses. <laughs> mm-hmm. You slide over the Manila envelope. You're like, I'd like to take a look at those pictures. And they just like thumbing through them. It's just the rat pictures, you know. And then uh, they're uh, like, Oh uh, my they're, gosh, their jaws drop. Their no one can pale, see this. And, and they try to hand bigger. them back. When they try to hand them back, you just look at me and go, Oh no, I've got plenty of other copies. Why don't you just <laughs> hang on to those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I would be into that, Tyler. Goodness.
1: Amelia asks, "I was given a large poster of Nicolas Cage's face from a coworker. Excellent. What's my next move? Oh my gosh,
0: it's like the final move. But the coworker wins." <laughs> oh. Yeah, you, I, I mean, think everybody wins in this. I feel like we're we all came out on. Top. on huh? Yeah, I, mean, I think um, I think
1: you got to just keep one upping the Nicholas Cage ness. So she gave you a poster. That's fine. What's that? Yeah. Four bucks. You can go online and get things printed onto throw pillows, tapestries and blankets. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you keep going larger. She gave you a poster. You <laughs> give her a throw pillow and then she's gonna one up your Nicholas Cage and then you're gonna give her a wall, a wall tapestry of his face. We have one at our office actually. Uh, I think there's a we have a life-size cutout of Nicholas Cage. I think you can go that route. I think you just got to keep one upping the Nicholas cages.
2: Yeah and I think along those lines, I would be willing to set up a crowdfunding page for this if she'd be willing to do it and here's what you need to do. Yeah. if you're willing to if we're willing to crowdfund the money for one of those car wraps, you know what I'm talking about, where you wrap your entire car, and it's like becomes like a rolling mural. If we were able to design one that's just like millions of Nicolas cages, if she would commit to like overnight sneaking into her coworker's driveway and installing the car wrap, I think that would be that would be something I'd like to see. Is that car driving down the road? You know. Yep.
1: Uh, Eric Yoder says, "What is Hot Girl Summer?" And how can I ensure that I am or am not having one or it?
2: <laughs> Tyler, you're, you're, I feel he's like there. you're our Twitter expert. I saw this yeah. uh, trending this morning. Why don't you? Why don't you unpack well, this? I mean, well, Heim's Haim, new I, I,
1: single is "Hot Girl Summer," and so yeah. we're, uh, uh, he's very concerned to know what it is and to, how does he know if he is having one or not having one? I think it started from a rap song, didn't it? It was a lyric and a rap started song. From what? I don't remember who, which yeah, rapper. It was. I think it
0: came. I think Heim was late to yeah. the party. Interesting. They oh. called the. I think their single is called Summer Girl. So it's an illusion, it's a reference, it's oh. an homage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, as far as I can tell, and Chandler, maybe you can, but I feel like Hot Girl Summer just kind of means you're living, it's it's the girls living their best lives over the summer. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean, you know, it's, it's not, it's, this isn't a, a the a swimsuit catalog thing or anything. It just means that you you're you're feeling yourself. You're, it's what we're talking about at the beginning of the of the of the pod today. You're just having a really good, solid summer. So I think you can answer that question just by waking up in the morning, walking to walking in the bathroom, looking in the mirror, and what do you see looking back at you? Are are you happy with what with, with the person is, that I'm you're sorry, looking God, at? And if you ter- are I'm gonna,
2: I'm gonna just stop you, this is terrible advice. <laughs> what you need to do is wear the uniform of a professional baseball player. When people ask you why you're wearing it, you just go it's hot girl summer, you know, hot girl <laughs> summer, and just walk away wearing your baseball <laughs> uniform. It'll make sense and move to Portland. There you go, Megan Stallion. That's who coined it. Was it Megan the
0: Stallion? So she's having a hot girl summer. You kind of confessed early on, Cameron. You don't feel like you're having a hot girl summer. I, I didn't even. I mean, summer's like over. My kids started school yesterday, and I'm like, what
1: happened? Yeah, I didn't do over. anything. I mean, Jesse and I went to Lollapalooza last week for a couple of days, but I mean, it's pretty. It's
2: pretty good. I mean, I had
1: two days out of three months.
2: You, went, you swam a lot. I, I floated. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> floating does not sound very. Dangerous. I'm Not gonna
0: lie. I floated I mean, by well, myself floating, on floating a Sunday afternoon in my pool napping. Yeah, yeah. Hot Your, girl fall is right around the corner, and I think
2: that that you know opportunity. Uh, th- there's another opportunity there. Yeah, you got that's the PSL life. The pumpkin spice life is in the fall. You know, that's, <laughs> that's it, you transition from hot girl summer to to living the PSL life. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, a, it's a tougher. It's a, it's a little tougher because you have to actually be drinking pumpkin spice lattes, and
2: I don't wish that on anybody. But, <laughs> b- b- but that's the demand. Yeah, but you slide into those yoga pants, put on that comfy <laughs> oversized sweater, mm. and just enjoy the life. Rock that new Mumford and Sons album, and just love, love that life. Uh, not Mumford, you
1: bony bear, bony bear.
2: Come on. There's a new Bonavera out today. Well, no, I, I, I'm saying streamlines it, your hot girl fall. Yeah, Bonavera's too sophisticated for hot oh, rules. oh, really for, 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 for the PSL oh, world. PSL wow. that, yeah. yeah. What do you, you think? What do you think? The new, more, the more new Taylor, the new Taylor Swift. There you go. You could you could Ross some Tay Tay. Right. Yeah, that's that, probably pretty yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> that would play. That would play in the PSL world.
1: Yeah. Well, many thanks for everybody who tweeted us questions. Uh, that'll do it for.
3: To ask. It's
1: ask uh, we'll do it again next week. That was a lot of fun. Many thanks to Matt Carney for joining us. His new EP, City of Black and White Revisited, is out now. Check it
2: out. It, 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 it's Matt, that's Matt Carney, not... Yeah, I Not do want to thank Matt the, Matt the Carney for a... He he did a, fa- a quote-unquote favor for me. That's a little outside the law. Matt the Carney, you know what you did, and I appreciate it, bro. So, <laughs>
4: Stupid.
2: Uh, I owe you. Uh, thanks also to Quip for making the show possible.
1: Remember, Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash relevant right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. Go do it. Hey, season two of Unedited, our Long Form Conversation podcast is out now. Uh, the new episode with Shauna Niequist will go up on Monday. Yeah. And if you haven't heard the debut episode with Christine Kane, make sure to go download it wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of wherever you get your podcasts, if you like the relevant podcasts, make sure to head over there and leave a review and maybe maybe throw a few stars at it. Maybe, maybe all five. Hey, and, and those of you who think you're funny by doing a one-star review and then putting a joke little review, that really screws with the show. Please don't do that. Hilarious. Not funny. Hilarious. <laughs> I Hilarious. love it.
2: I
0: live for it. <laughs> Gets a chuckle out of me every time. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'll say this. When kidding. I see the one star, it literally hurts my feelings. It's like, what did I do? Yeah. Yeah, you know what's worse than a one star is a four star? Because you're always... Because at least with the one star, it just wasn't for them. Or, or you know? they're trying to make... Yeah, yeah. four star. They liked the it, star. but something we was off. And that's, we like, that, that's what bothers me. It's like when you go to the fast food store. The, the fast food store? store. Like a, <laughs> <and> fast. <laughs> you guys... You guys go to the <laughs> you know. the, the sock hops and in the in the in the <laughs> uh, burger joints. No, when it's you're riding through the fast food are. line and they have the uh, uh, health department rating on the wall, yeah. it always bothers me when it's like an A minus. Like if I walk into like a, a C facility, yeah. it's like, okay, this place is just gross. The A minus is like, what happened? Where was the hair found? There was only one hair that knocked it from an A to A minus. Where was, was that hair one, found? That's what the force was. There was one rat
1: turd. Not a bunch of them,
2: <laughs> just one. Where was on it? On the mayonnaise Where lid, <laughs> yeah. but not on the floor. It, 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 it turned out Tyler was just blackmailing the owner of the restaurant with that. But still,
0: he's trying to get the I'll, least. Well, i wanted them to bring back chicken, spicy chicken fingers. would <laughs> <laughs> <To laughs> not fling them at
1: your coworker.
0: All right. Well, on that
1: note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang, I'm Chandler String. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm, I'm Tyler Huckabee. Huckabee. Make sure to tune in on Tuesday. Big Cat is back in town oh, from man. his summer adventures. Alright, have a good weekend, everyone. We'll see you Tuesday.
3: What it really means.
5: Thank you for listening to the relevant podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe.
2: Let's face it, far noises are hilarious.
5: Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durban Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card rowdy mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off